Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you, and it is good to be back. Traditionally, yeah. we come to you on a Monday. We had some time off. You got to go to NYC. That was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, we're looking to kind of reset for a season two, if you will. Yes. Because we started in January of 2023 and went for a full year, did live shows. I think it ended up being like 43, 44 mm-hmm. weeks out of out of last year. So I think that's pretty good. I'll take good. that. Yeah. I will take that. And so, like, we're going to work with some things this offseason. We're still going to come to you live, but we're going to try to do some shorter videos, uh, go more in-depth, uh, more content than just doing, like, one show. So And the live shows might up. be fewer and further right. between. Not less than once a month, I'd say. Well, well it's also once a month live. To kind of, like, coordinate the schedule. There's basketball season right now. Jack's got a lot of stuff going on. We're, we're, so we're going to make it work. But yeah. we're going to change some things up for you. But regardless, we are here, and we do have a national championship to preview. Uh, we had some great semifinals, man. You had Washington getting the dub over Texas. That was a lot of fun. I think both of you and I both took uh, the Huskies in that matchup last week when we did our picks. Yeah, I was um, just praying Texas wouldn't win. Like, dude, I, I just I felt like it was going to be a great match. I, I honestly, I think it turned out exactly probably how I expected. Right? Like, really. You, yeah, because that was exactly how you expected. Well, I mean, a shootout, right? Like you, you, I did. I thought that it was really going to come down because when we were talking about this game, right? We we were looking at it as which Quinn Uvers was going to show up, and I, I think we got to see that, right? Like it was it was hot or cold for Quinn. It wasn't on point. Um, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Washington's defense and their secondary for really kind of making Xavier Worthy and them non-factors early on. That That's not exactly the way I view that game, to be honest. First half was a track meet. Second half didn't feel like a track meet. But also, it was... I felt like Texas knew we can run the ball against yeah. this team. We can run it effectively. And they kept doing that. They stayed with them through the first half. Quinn didn't have to make big plays. Right. I, so I don't want to hold that against Quinn. Um, but then when those running backs started fumbling the ball and they fell behind, Quinn had to start making plays. And to a certain extent he did. It's just a little damning when you see, I think at one point in either the third or fourth quarter, Penix had 300 and some yards. And yours was still at like 91. Right. Yeah. And like at that point, it had felt like yours needs to step up and start making plays. And he just didn't step up early enough. It's like Texas took a minute to get into that gear of, okay, now we can't just run the ball to mm-hmm. catch up. Like we have to go, we have to go, we have to go in the air. We have to pass it around. And 
like they almost got there, but they needed a couple lucky breaks at the yeah. very end to even have a shot at at winning. I just I think that was something that kind of caught Texas. I don't know that Texas was expecting Washington to be that physical. And I mean, like their their defensive line ate uh, Texas offensive lineup. They, they could not do anything. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad on the back end for Washington is a dog, a uh, kid from DeSoto here in Texas. Uh, he's been really impressive for me all year long. Uh, I just I think that's something that caught them off guard was the physicality that Washington came with. Uh, and their I mean their stars were essentially just eliminated. And I don't think that that was something they were able to overcome. Like that just totally caught them off guard and put them in a position where you come out with your set offense and, and once that's blown up, you're kind of caught reeling, um, but hats off to them. I mean, they were able to find their way back in, but I really feel like that physicality was something that caught Texas off guard because that's their bread and butter, right? Like that physical, physical brand of ball for them in the trenches. And that was met and exceeded by the Huskies. Yeah, you're right. And I, I do think that if the Huskies hadn't brought that physicality, I think Texas wins that. Yes. I think if Jonathan Brooks doesn't get injured earlier this year, I think Texas might have won, might have. That one I'm less certain about. It's just I do think Brooks doesn't fumble it twice like, yeah. like his backups did. Um, I, I also... I don't feel as great while there was an outstanding performance individually on that Washington D-line. They did get run over yeah. for a good portion of the game. They handled their business, and they handled it because they brought that chip on their shoulder. They brought the physicality. They matched that level. And to many extents, at least the Washington defense, exceeded the Texas offense's physicality. Um, but I don't want to go over effusive on the praise of the Washington mm. defense. They did what they had to do. Right. That's all you ever have to do. Just do well enough to win the game. But if, if I was looking at a game being like, they have to win this with their defense because their offense can't put up a lot of points. Washington's defense is right. getting it done. Like they're, they're going to be one of the better ones out there, but they're not, they're not Iowa. They're not no. like Iowa, they're not Michigan. Mar- Iowa with a marginally better offense is like whew, Michigan. You're right. It's probably Iowa with a marginally better yeah, offense. That's exactly what defense. it is. So like, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I just, I was very happy that Washington did everything they had to do. Holy crap. How did it get that close at the end? That I'm not sure. I, I, I That's a testament to Texas really not giving up. I, I think also you got to look at how Kalen DeBoer handled things down the stretch there. I think that was something that, Draw drew a lot of concerns um, as far as how it unfolded in the, on the, the end of the game there. What were some of the things that stood out to you? What could have been maybe done different from a Washington perspective or, or any things that you took note of in that final quarter of play? Um, I believe on their last scoring drive, Washington went, uh, I think it was the third down before they kicked the field goal. It was a pass play mm. I, that ended up incomplete. I don't know why you're calling a play that, is probably going to end in either an incompletion or maybe an out of bounds because you're all along the sideline. Like that, everything about that play was just like, dude, just get back to the line of scrimmage in bounds and yeah. take a knee. Like, trust your kicker. Your kicker's been hitting today. Like, just, I didn't like that. Um, otherwise, I don't have much to blame DeBoer on. Like, I, I think. Hindsight tells us, yes, he probably should have kneeled it. You don't want to risk your running back's health, and the timing just didn't work out. Mm. 
But who's thinking about both their running backs' health and the timing you like can't. as one scenario where the clock stops because of the injury so you don't get the full runoff? Like, right. They had more than three downs worth of kneels. They had more than 120 seconds to run off, which meant they had to take time. Now, either you ask your your Heisman winning quarterback, or not Heisman winning. He should have been. I'll give you. I mean, it's a good case for Heisman it. level quarterback. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I like just the more I watch him, the more I'm like, how did he how, not how, win how it? Not win. I don't hate Jalen uh, Jalen Daniels by any means, or Jaden Daniels. Sorry, Jaden Daniels. I always. Uh, I don't hit him by any means. Really impressed with him this year. Just like Penix is on that level. Yes. Um, so either you ask that guy with that injury history he has to run around like a headless chicken to to waste time, or you put the ball in the hands of the person that you trust to run the ball a hell of a lot yeah. through the whole season. Like it makes sense to me on that level as a coach. It's not the most conservative call, right? And when you have that high stakes, everyone is likely, especially the the couch potatoes, the the the, the armchair quarterbacks, yes. their the armchair head coaches, they're probably going to be yelling at you to be super conservative. I have seen conservative coaches lose games; they should have, have no way of losing. Mike McCarthy doesn't master <laughs> class I knew it was coming. every time. I know it's the NFL. My point, I think, still stands. So I don't have an issue with the running the ball. I have an issue with the passing play that ended up being complete. And then from there, it's you can't control an injury. You can't control the way the rules work around that injury. And you cannot, you cannot expect your your long snapper to just run in to the the receiver. Like, dude, this is the one time situational awareness, man. <laughs> situational awareness. Like you are down there so early. You're not. Don't think about ending the game, recovering a muff. Just, he don't let him return it. Right. Do not let him return it. He has to catch it. If he fucks that up, like, go ahead, jump on it. But, like, he has to not return it. You were there so damn early. You Just had that cover. Yeah. Just decelerate and be happy. So, uh, on that, I, I, those are two good areas I want to talk about right here. Because Dylan Johnson, the injury, was something that... Uh, was definitely a concern for Washington. I think it still needs to be. Um, but he aggravated that. Uh, he was injured before. He aggravated it. He had to go out. He is healthy. He will play in the national championship game. But I question how how, how efficient will he be? Because, and I was surprised too. In a way, I was surprised that Washington consistently tried to run up the middle against Texas. Uh, but I was also impressed by it. Like I like run straight at their strength, man. Like I thought I was, that was something that was really cool. Uh, but can you do that against Michigan? Like that's to one thing fair, I didn't don't know. really do it against Texas. They did it a couple times, but I mean, not, not to like a lot of success. Dylan Johnson averaged 2.3 yards per carry on 21 carries. No, I know that, but I think that being able to run into the middle and continually do that was it sucked Texas in and it helped open up the outside. I think they handled it properly. My thing is like, can his body withstand that? If you take that same approach against Michigan, I that I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, I think that it's weird to look at and compare Michigan and Texas, yeah, because Texas it just seems so much more explosive and like they have the better individual talents along the defensive line. I do think Michigan's defense is more complete. Yes, it is. Um, I think they've been here before, not like national championship, but like I mean, they've been in the, the playoff or the the college football playoff three years in a row. They and, know what to expect. And essentially, and people might give me flack for this, but they play an extra playoff game every year. They play Ohio State right at the end of the yeah. year. 
every year. Like, I think there's something to that. The high stakes of it, the especially given how much everyone cares about that oh, game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I think if like the guys who lose that game each year feel like they've lost a playoff game. They know they still have more to play for, but that loss is going to hang with them for the rest of their college career. Well, I mean, look at what it's done to Ohio State. It sent their damn quarterback to the portal. Yeah. And frankly, <laughs> I I still I'm still curious about like the head coach's that's standing. A, that's there, a, that's something we're having lost into. three in a row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, otherwise like the skill positions, I feel like Texas had better skill at every place except for like maybe running back. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Because and I mean, then, I think if frankly, you look at that, Roman that Wilson, might, that, might, yeah, that but, might only be because, um, oh, I'm not talking about Washington versus Texas. I'm talking Texas versus Michigan. No, like, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think, cause I was looking at from Michigan, like the only real threat they uh, have on the outside is Roman, Roman Wilson and Roman, uh, Roma Dunze. Dunze. Yeah, my bad. Oh, you're good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so like, even, and if Brooks was healthy, then I might even say Texas just flat out has the better guy at every skill position. No offense to Corum. Brooks had a damn good year going. Um, point is, I just am curious about how you view the matchup with Washington because I'm looking at Michigan being like, they've been here before, they grind it out harder, but I'm less scared of them. So, okay, so from Michigan's standpoint, um, I I don't know if their defensive line – I was so impressed with their defensive line against Alabama. They ate their ass up. Um, I don't think you can do that against this Washington line who just won the Joe Moore Award. Like, what they were able to do and how they held up against Texas was so damn impressive. Um, Michael Penix was – they gave him so much time to just carve them up. I think you're going to see that same mentality uh, in this game. Penix is hands down the best quarterback Michigan's face. Um, I don't think – like their weapons on the outside, what they're able to do, that's something that – I think Ohio State had that. They didn't have the quarterback on the level of Penix. But at the same time, Ohio State didn't have all the, their, uh, their um, plethora of receivers healthy. So – this is something they haven't seen. Michigan hasn't seen. Um, Holy hell! I'm I'm looking over Michigan's schedule, and I'm I'm just thinking like they haven't faced no even like a good quarterback this year. I would say I, I think I think Talia Tungabalola was probably the most he's probably explosive the, up until last week when they played Jalen Milrow. Yeah, because okay, yeah. If you look at if you look at pocket passers, right, you would have to go Drew Aller who. Did nothing, like did nothing against Bama, like, uh, against. Do you want uh, me to Michigan. go down their schedule? Because yeah. it's East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. UNLV had a mobile quarterback that was pretty good, but he wasn't oh, playing well. at the time. Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State. Yeah, it's Purdue. Trash. Like the fact that Hudson Card easily makes the top five quarterbacks they've faced this year. I think like Hudson Card's not bad, but Purdue is crap. Yeah, and like. Man, so I yeah. From that, that standpoint, dude, lot. that that I'm sorry that that's shocking me right now. No, it really is. I I just I think that's one where Blake Corum's going to get his. I think that that's going to be my thing because you have a clash of styles here, right? Like Washington wants to spread the ball out; they want to just score the hell out of it. Michigan wants to slow it down. Like I watched Michigan and Alabama; that reminded me of like some mid 2000s SEC, like when it was seven to six and these these ten to three. Like 
and it was, I used to enjoy that. I was so damn bored watching this game. Like, I just could not wait for Washington and, and Texas to start. That sounds to me like you loved it because it was the SEC. I, not because it was good football. No, I mean, I maybe so. No, maybe maybe I was a little biased at the time. I, I will own that. But, I, will, but, I will come out. But getting that. back to the heart of that, um, what I think is insane there is that I thought it was so smart of Michigan to move to that to beat Ohio State to start beating Ohio oh, State yeah. to to out physical the pretty skill guys uh, down in Columbus. But what's amazing to me is that it's working against everyone. Yeah, like they aren't. Going out and now having to play a different game when they play the the Big Twelve or or the Pac twelve or the SEC teams, like no, they're just still playing their game because they're that damn good at it. Mm-hmm. it. Scares me a little for what football could be in the next like over the next ten years of like, are we going to go back to those six to nine kind of? I don't games? think so. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't. think I do so. think we progress past it, but um, but yeah, you're you're right. It, it's it's a very much a clash of styles. What what are your thoughts on JJ McCarthy? Like I I know he puts up numbers. Um and to me he is probably like the most efficient game manager I've ever seen. Um uh, and I don't and I, and I know that could be a slight and I'm not trying to knock it, but he's good. I don't think that like if you put Michigan in a situation where he had to win you a game, I don't think he can do that. Um what are your thoughts on him? what he brings in this matchup and can he, and can the Michigan's offense at all score with Washington, or are they just going to have to muck this up and try to make, keep Washington's offense on the sideline as much as possible? Um, I mean, I think their style just is to keep the opponent's offense off the field. Like I, I think that that is a big portion of just who they are, their identity. So, I don't like, I think that's always going to be a key for them. Mm. Um, as far as JJ goes, yes, he, he feels like a game manager. I don't want to say that I don't trust him to leave the, lead the important drives. He went and did it against Bama to tie the game. Like that, that's all they had to do. Mm. He got that done on the big stage. Um, yes, he doesn't. Wow. Some of his decision-making is just like, man, like that first throw against Bama, what that should have been a damn interception. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and then other stuff early in the game, I remember a play or maybe I'm forgetting exactly when it was, but it was, it was a, it was a naked bootleg out. Uh, action was going left. He booted out to the right and he had like two tight end crossing routes at different depths. Mm. Both were wide open, but he had a guy in his face. Your, your star quarterback, your true Heisman candidates, they're going to get it past that guy. Yeah. They're going to find an arm angle. They're going to find a window. They're not going to get that ball tipped most of the time. JJ just couldn't find that window. Like that that's that's a very nitpick, I know. It's just if you put him in this position where he has to be the the playmaker, like the alpha, like, of the, yeah. Not not even alpha, just like Everything hinges on him. The scheme everywhere else is good. The guy is open, but there is this one-on-one kind of, can he find a way to be the better football player head up right now? Right. I worry about Michigan. 
I don't think Washington's going to put him in those positions too much. I think it's very much going to be a team win or a team loss. I think if Michigan scores enough early, they'll be in it. Mm -hmm. If Washington jumps out to like a 14-point lead, I think it's done. That's where I'm at. Like I, I feel I'm agree with you because if if Washington jumps out on them, I don't think Michigan's style is built to come back. They would need definitely like some turnovers. Um, well, one area where they could make that up is on special teams because both of these both of these teams were just god awful on special teams in that game. And yep. if Washington continues to muff punts or kicks and stuff, that's an opportunity for them to get in it. Well, Michigan I just, did too. I know. I know. That's that's going to be the crazy thing is. One thing I've I've kind of it's been lost for me just because I've been enjoying the football aspect of everything that's going on, and I kind of until yesterday really when JJ McCarthy met with the media and was asked about the science scale, all that bullshit. Um, does this does does any of that matter at this point? Like it, I I don't think for me it doesn't because Michigan what they've been able to do all of the the obstacles the the being able to win without your coach for pretty much half the damn season, if you want to get down to it, um, all of the distractions and to continue to go out and win has been remarkable. I, for me, I completely forgot about the sign still scandal and the fact that they're able to come out and show that once that got put to a stop, a halt and they continue to win, it didn't really impact. I think that that was kind of something that overshadowed. This team was so good. Anyway, it didn't matter. Um, is there any of that that if Michigan goes out on Monday night and gets the dub and are national champions, does any of that at all impact how you view this season for them? Because I, I couldn't care less, honestly. I mean, I kind of go back and forth where, like, I think it matters less if they win. Right. Honestly, it's just like they won the game. You can't take that away from them. They proved that like when they were out on the field, they beat these teams. Like, I don't think they're sign stealing right now. Like, I don't think that in the games that have mattered most that they've needed that as a crutch that I can dive into how much I think it's so stupid that like, you don't have enough talent yeah, to beat. The, like, like, it's like the teams you used it against or would have used it against this year. Didn't need it no. last year when you didn't win, you needed it. Like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but like it didn't work. So like, they're not that they, if they're finding a way to cheat right now, that's a different story, but yeah. we don't know that. I don't think they are like that would take too much time. And, and yeah, why so, would you risk that? Exactly. So like they're winning the games that matter without the cheating. They didn't need it to beat any of the teams earlier <laughs> exactly. this year. Like I feel very, very safe saying that. And so I'm just like, okay, if they lose, then you've got these arguments of, well, this team should have been in the playoff. This team should have been in the playoff. Ohio state, has a great argument of like, well, hey, like mm. the whole conference title starts looking more questionable. But if they if they just have run the table this year, it's like, yeah, what what you, what you gonna do? Exactly. You're gonna say we didn't. You're gonna say we didn't win the title. Washington gets the title. Washington doesn't want to claim that shit if they lost. Oh, nobody you, does. You don't want to claim anything that you actually lost the game for, like. So, at, at this point, yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem to matter for this year. Yeah. As far as, like, when we look back on Harbaugh's legacy, like, how long does he stay even stay in that, college? That was going to be my next That thing. kind of stuff. That's when it starts meaning a hell of a lot to me. 
just in terms of like, okay, well, is Michigan going to stay stay what they are now if Harbaugh does leave, whether whether he's forced out or or he leaves of his own choice, and then like the legacy of it all, like. Again, I don't think that we look back in Michigan and say like, oh, they're not really champions for that. But we look back at Harbaugh and being like, it's pretty sketchy like how he built it. It it definitely is. I think that's something that's always going to be viewed and looked at. And rightfully so, man. I mean, like it's there are a lot of ugly things to uncover throughout that tenure. But I just it it is what it is. It's college football. I think if you go back and if you really took a deep dive into 95 percent of the championship teams, you're going to find similar shit. Like so, I, that's where I'm yeah. at. Like, just just leave it be. It's college football. You know what it's gonna. And if you're not cheating at the moment, whatever. Like, just whatever. I don't care. Um, but no. Um, so you mentioned a while ago, like that could, like if you went down that rabbit hole, that could open up who coulda, woulda, shoulda been in. Now that the dust is settled, we saw how Bama stacked up against Michigan. We saw the absolute dumpster fire performance by Jalen Milrow getting shut down. Should Florida State have gotten an opportunity? Or is that just let it be? The games meant nothing for the fact that Florida State should have been in still. Yes. I do not care what the results are. I agree. Because I still feel like the guys who worked their asses off, played every team in front of them, and beat every team in front of them, got robbed. They did. Like, I, 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 the more I look at it, the more I'm sitting here just thinking like the committee was never going to not have the SEC in. And so if they put Florida State in, they would have had to find a way to put Texas out. Yeah. And they weren't going to do and you that. Can, like they, they were in a bind and they got bailed out by an injury. They got bailed out by an injury and no, no, just the injury. Yeah, yeah, like, I, know. That, like, I honestly exactly think, I think that there's damn near like Rodemaker would have had to play so amazingly well for them to not care. Yeah. I just, I think Rodemaker could have, it doesn't matter. I, I think I think Florida State, everything that they had around, they could have hung with Michigan. I don't think they necessarily could have beat them, but like, I think they could have. would have played a playoff game. Hell yeah, he would have played. He would have. He, he would have hit the portal. He wouldn't have hit the portal then. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he would <laughs> then. He wouldn't have hit the portal. Well, because pl- playing well in a playoff game can up the money you can get. And that's what I'm saying. You don't so, know. He could have so, stayed. Exactly. So he would have played a playoff game. So, like. You can't tell me that, oh, they're on the third string quarterback. Yeah. So you're you're telling me that Rodemaker's performance against Florida is what kept them out of the playoff. It's just yeah, that, that's a joke in general. But at the end of the day, like it, it's crazy because you essentially had like if you're looking at it from future perspective, you had the all SEC, all Big Ten. You had all Big Ten title coming up. Uh, does that are you surprised? Does that mean anything? Is it just kind of the way of the world? I am a bit surprised. I should have looked this up before we started recording. Um, but I can't remember the last time there was a conference matchup in a title game that wasn't the SEC. That's a good point. You, I think you saw that you said that yesterday, and I don't know. I think you, I don't know where you would have to go back. I don't to. know if it's even happened. That's a good. That's something we need to look like up. Like we've had some de facto national championship games because people are like, these are the two best teams. Yeah. Whoever's third is not going to beat whoever wins this game in right. the title game later. Like I'm thinking BCS era, maybe. Yeah. Um, but and again, I also know it's not a true conference 
It's like not a big yeah, 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 game yeah. because Washington didn't play a Big Ten schedule. I think the Pac-12 would have given them get, did give them a tougher strength of schedule this year, though. It damn sure did. Uh, they wouldn't have necessarily f- faced the top end teams. I, I don't know. I don't know if Oregon. No, Oregon does. Yeah. So, like, I do think it's fair to say it's a conference matchup because they're moving into Michigan's conference. Mm-hmm. They're moving into the one that had the easier schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I. I think it's actually good for college football too that it's that like I think no matter what we are staring down the barrel of a power two mm-hmm. world. I don't know if that's a completely separate from the others world or like power two still right. connecting some with the other conferences, but I think it's very good for the Big Ten and therefore good for college football that SEC dominance is being challenged in that way. Um that there is no SEC team in the title game. It's Arguably, crazy. there shouldn't have been an SEC team in the playoff except for shouldn't a future SEC team. Um, I think I, I just think it's good for college football. I do, too. I, I love the parody. I love how the, everything is changing and, and all of that. And it's only going to get better. I think there's going to be corks, tweaks. Can, there's always room for improvement across the board. But the, the new look of college football is going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of corks to it. But... All right, so do you want to wrap this up with some uh, some predictions? Like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, do you want to? So right now, Michigan is favored out of Vegas. They they have a slight edge in this matchup. Um, how do you do, do? Are you surprised by that? And then how do you see this game unfolding? Um, and and who do you see coming out as your Natty champion on Monday night? So the lines at four and a half in favor of Michigan. That makes a decent bit of sense to me. Um, the over-under is at 55 and a half, which... That is all, stout, dude. I don't think so. That's kind of the game I expect is... Washington's going to push the scoring up higher than Bama did, so essentially they're going to hit close to that Bama-Michigan final score, but in regulation. No, that, Yeah, you're right. Okay. So yeah, they, scored yeah, 47, they scored 47 right. in that game, so add on another another 10 points and boom, you've hit the over. Um, So I do think we're looking at like a high 20, like loser in the high twenties, winner in the thirties, low thirties, something like that. I think it's a great line, honestly, um, as far as uh, the great over underline, as Mm. far as Michigan, Vegas goes for setting it. Um, I think I'm going to ride with Michigan. I think they're going, they're not going to let Washington jump on them early. I think, that they'll they'll grind it out. They'll play more of their style of game. Um, I don't know much about the Michigan secondary, mm. but if they were good enough to deal with Ohio State, if they were good enough to deal uh, in large part thanks to Alabama's offensive line being crap, um, they were able to deal with the talented wide receiver that Alabama has. I I'm not crazy scared like. Dunze is going to get his. He's going to get He's his. He's going to get his, especially if Penix is dropping dimes like he was. But. Speaking of that, I, there's one. There's, there's a note from Bill Conley. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. has thrown 21 passes to Roma Dunze with an in-game win probability under 50% this year. He's 19 of 21 for 333 yards in clutch moments. That is stupid. That is stupid. <laughs> it's also a massively cherry-picked stat. Yeah. Like, if you're great, you're always great. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's cool. It's very cool. Clutch time works out. Um, but I do think I'm riding with Michigan. I think I'm 
taking the under, but ever so slightly. And I also think I am taking Washington against the spread of four and a half. So I think it's going to be a three point game. Okay. I, I, at this point to me, it almost feels, and it kind of has over the past few weeks, it feels like Michigan's almost a team of destiny this year. Like everything has just aligned and they've been and a lot, a large portion of them being able to handle their business has helped it align. Um, but to me, it almost seems like they're a team of destiny. I just, man, I, I know they're going to slow the game down. I know they are stout in the trenches, but I really think Washington's offensive line and their physicality over the past couple of games that they've shown me personally has been so impressive. I think they can match Michigan there. Um, I think this is one where Washington pulls away late and gets the dub. I, I, I think it's one where Penix gets hot in the second half and you see somebody like Jalen Polk just get loose and it comes down. I think Washington wins by like a touchdown and probably one of the funnest games we've seen in a while. And I think if you look at how this game this year has gone in general, there have been so many great matchups, so many fun games that we have seen. I think it's going to be the icing on the cake. I think UW gets the win. But Michigan definitely pushes them to the limit. That's where I'm at with that one. Okay. But, I mean, it's cool because right now you have two teams. What, Michigan won it in 97, 98. Washington won it in 91. It, it's, it's awesome that we're at this point. Uh, we, we talked about the dominance of the SEC. I think it's cool to finally see some new people in here. And I hope that's the way this continues to go as the 12-team uh, playoff progresses. I just will have to see how that goes. I don't really consider them new people, but at least they're not – Georgia, Same old peeps. Bama, Ohio State. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. We'll be back later. I think we're going to do some stuff later this week. We'll keep dropping stuff out for y'all. Uh, so stay tuned. Make sure you hit like and subscribe as we continue to grow this channel. Uh, but we appreciate y'all tuning in whenever you do. For Jack, I'm Garrett. This has been the College Chaos Podcast.